A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, happy Saturday, everybody. Dan Haley. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Yeah, here we are again. <laughs> And we've got work for people this week. Yeah, a whole checklist of things to check in your basement. Let's just get straight to that. We've got good stuff coming up. I don't need to say more than no, that. No time for chit-chat. <laughs> it's good stuff, and some of it's really funny. Yep. We're going to talk about some some projects and things that you probably should hire an expert for. Yeah. You know, there's so certain you things around the house. like Dan. Dan. It's burned into my Altina. brain. Altina. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's used to me doing something dumb. Dan's now I done. get to carry the torch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that, and we've got some other fun stuff. But right now, let's get to this whole spring thaw thing, because we've had some nice weather. Yeah. And... And potentially, what's just around the corner for some of us is going to be water in the basement. You know, we get the snow thawing, introducing a fair amount of water into the ground, Mm -hmm. and then spring rains will come. Right. And all of that adds together to create some issues. And if you still have snow on the outside of the house, I mean, just shoveling that away from the foundation can be a really easy first step to make sure that that doesn't just go directly into the basement. Right. If you've got a fair amount, that might be worth doing. I would always rake off the roof and I'd get three and four foot deep piles there. Just letting that melt was just asking for trouble down the road. So if you've got a fair amount, might want to move that. Another thing outside is to make sure that the downspouts are attached. <laughs> Working, And yeah, broken. actually jetting Clear. the water away from the house. Moving it far enough away from the right. house. I know with my house, I've bumped a couple of them. Some snow has knocked some other ones off. I've got to go around and make sure they're attached and cleared and actually working. So that's an, a very easy thing to do. And yeah. since the weather is, it's so balmy and nice outside. You might as well. Might yeah. as well get out there. I'm not shoveling though. I'm not shoveling snow away from the foundation. I'm just telling you right now. Okay, that's fine. I'm not doing it. Well, then you want to make sure that your sump <laughs> pump is working, yes, right? right. That's what I'll do. And that's what we need to talk about too, is that checklist to make sure that this is maintained and you're not going to have any issues when it does really start raining. Right, because the sump pumps don't run a lot during the winter. Right. And so what happens every year, we'll talk to, I'll talk to a number of people where the rain comes in and that's when they discover that the sump pump wasn't ready. It yeah. didn't work. It failed for any number of reasons. Yeah, it's not when you want And to that's out. when the problems happen. So why don't you take some time? It's a great thing. If you've got one, go ahead and make sure it's ready to go and relatively easy. Not a right. lot going on here. Start by unplugging the pump. You know, that's always a good place to start. Right. If you're going to change the saw blade on your table saw... Unplug it. Unplug it. Yeah. Right? Right. If you don't want to lose a finger, unplug or, it. Exactly. So the sump pump won't take your finger. Hopefully. If it does, <laughs> we want to know. Because <laughs> that's another job. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> we'll somebody... feature that story. <laughs> yeah. So unplug the pump, disconnect it, and remove it from the sump pit. Make Just... sure that's clean, too. Right. I mean, the pit needs to be clean itself. You can vacuum it out with a shop vac. The pit needs to be cleaned. That is exactly what I say to my kid. <laughs> that pit needs to be clean, man. <laughs> but, Dad, it's a pit. Exactly. <laughs> clean it. <laughs> so clean that sump pump pit, too, right? While you're at it, son. <laughs> yeah. You know, lots of stuff can accumulate down right. there. When I was little, we used to throw toys down there all the time. Right. <laughs> that's not good. No. Make sure that that's all out no. of there. And also, when the sump pump's out, check that intake uh, screen and make sure that that's clean. We had a dryer right by our sump pump. 
and the dryer lint would end up. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe even socks. And right, stuff. sure. The stray what? socks, that's where they go. <laughs> My little sweaters that I would wear. <laughs> Cute little sweaters. <laughs> yeah, they're little tiny things, like doll size, but they'd block up the sump pump. Make sure all of that is cleaned off. Also, when you've got it apart like that, uh, make sure you check the check valve. The check valve can sometimes not close properly, and what you'll notice is in, when the pump is running, water will flow back through the pump into the sump hole if the check valve's stuck open. Yeah. So make sure that's cleaned out, ready to go, working. Um, another thing to consider is the weep hole. Normally, there's a lot of weeping. Sounds depressing. It does. It does, doesn't it? It just sounds like a normal job for me. But anyway, the weep hole is something that's there to prevent airlock in the pump. Right. So think of a submersible pump this way. You've got like a an empty cup. Okay. And you put it upside down in a bucket of water. you got air in the cup that right. prevents water from going into you know, the cup. Okay. If you drop your submersible pump into the pit with water, that same concept can happen unless you've got these air holes, these relief holes. And a lot of pumps, a number of them will have a, an air hole pre-drilled right on the pump. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times, even those, they recommend that the installer put an actual 3 hole in the discharge pipe. And so when you run it, it will evacuate the air that way and the right. whole thing will continue working. If you don't have that, the impeller will spin but it won't, won't push any water. water. Right, but it can't prime <laughs> the pump. It can't pull the water in. So make sure that that hasn't rusted over, that it's not full of debris, things like that. Another thing is to just check the power cords. Right. Pretty basic. Make sure they're in good shape. But the GFI outlet even, make sure that it's not flipped because you had a story that someone thought it was broken, the pump was out, but really it was just it needed right. to be reset. Just needed to hit the reset on that Ooh, GFI outlet. So there. double check all of those, put the thing back together, pour water into the pit, make sure it works, make sure that if you've got the float valve or whatever, that it's clear, that it can activate, and then when the when it discharges the water, that it goes down and shuts the pump off, and you should be good to go. Yeah. Anyway, that's a start. Get going. But you can't do that <laughs> until after we get rest, you know the rest of the show in. So right. we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about projects you shouldn't tackle on your own, maybe. That's all coming up next. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back, and I am excited because, Dan, you are going to talk about some bad experiences that you had working at home. Yeah. And the reason I'm excited about that <laughs> is, be well, because it's your bad experience. Right. We can all laugh about my bad experience. But you know what? Last week, Saturday, you and I and a bunch of other guys from Repcolite helped move yeah. a co-worker of ours and move him to a condo. And so we all show up after the show has aired. And one of our sales reps, I'm waiting to ask him as he's parking his truck, mm -hmm. where does he want me to put my truck? So I'm waiting. Finally, he gets done. He's done maneuvering his vehicle. He gets out, he looks at me, and he says, man, you are an idiot. <laughs> and I thought, what the heck? He'd been well, listening to the show. And he said, you do everything wrong all the time. <laughs> and he talked about, it. well, the thing was... I 
am trying to live an open book here <laughs> so that everybody can learn. Right. But I'm not as dumb as I sometimes seem. Right. right? I would agree you with think, that. Yeah. Really? You, well, you don't know me sure. well, but you're really hesitant. <laughs> you judgment. But we all make mistakes, right? Sure. Right? Yeah. I just yes. tend to air them out you're, for the world to hear. Right. right. It becomes a lightning rod, you yeah. know? So, Dan, you're going to air your mistakes. All right. But with the, with the goal of helping people, because there are certain projects and certain things that maybe we as people shouldn't do, right? There are things that maybe it's it's time to hire yeah. a professional. It doesn't have to be all on you all the time. Even right. if you could, doesn't mean you should. That's what Rick said. Rick Weiringer, the sales <laughs> rep, who called me names. He, when, when I went to grab furniture and move it, He's telling people, I wouldn't let him touch anything. Oh, uh, so now I've got this to look forward to next week. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, what's one of the first things that you, you mentioned? Let's start with the garage door. Okay. Right. Talk about that because my so, garage door torsion spring, right? Broke. That's yeah. That just broke. And that's what's prompted this story in the first place. Because I was going to fix it myself. Right. And I gave you the stink eye when you said you were going to do that. All I could think about is all the horrible things that is going to happen to Dan when he tries to do this. You, it, you are the person it would happen to. I know, but it, it would have given us good material. But then I heard Dan so already So uh, Yeah, we, the material's already there. So yeah, the, it was the same thing. The coil, big coil spring on the garage door um, was broke. And this was at work, and it was a big door, like 12 feet tall or something like that. I can fix this. I know how to fix this. <laughs> you know, um, David, send me up on the forklift. Uh, I'm, sit, I'm standing on a pallet. Yeah, I'm standing on a pallet 15 feet in the air, and I'm unbolting this bracket and getting ready to deal with the spring part. Now, we should mention that the torsion spring, you, you're talking about, you had a great big door. So there yeah. were two springs to run this door. Yeah. One of them was broken. Right. And you can see. Clearly broken. Clearly broken. There's two pieces, too. Yeah. What you didn't think about was the second one. Right, which was not broken. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> which was under a, an incredible amount of pressure, which right. is the danger of dealing with A lot of kinetic energy springs. there that as I unbolted a bracket, the energy was transferred to the bracket and hit me in the back of the hand, and oh which doesn't God. sound bad. I broke a few bones in my hand, but the really thing that was scary was I'm 15 feet in the air, I'm standing on a pallet, and the pain was so immediate and so intense that I started to black out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what a wuss. <laughs> I've never had that in my life. Well, this is you've a- got to do more things more pain. You build up a top. Yeah, right, right. That's the solution here. Yeah. So, you know, I got to the ground on time. You know, I, I can't remember the details. Did you go the fast of, way or the slow way? I, I took the slow way down, <laughs> thankfully, right. But afterwards, and I think this is maybe uh, something that will be a common theme here, is that this hindsight is twenty twenty. Yes. Um, at that point, I thought, okay, this is a job for a professional. Well, and that's what I was looking at. When I came in, you know, I looked on vi- online. I went out, checked out some YouTube videos about my spring. I have a single garage door, very, very small. So one spring, sure. relatively straightforward, <laughs> you know. But the thing was, I you scared me a little bit. Good. And there was enough information online that said there's a, a number of things that could go wrong. Even the videos were very cautious about, hey, do it this way, and there's still no complete guarantees here. And finally, I thought, you know what? I'm going to call and get some prices. 
because I will decide how much risk I'll take. Basically, right, based on the cost. The cost was they quoted me 160 bucks or so to fix it. At that point, there's absolutely no reason to do that myself. A trip to the emergency room is you know close to that. Right. So it, (laughs) it looked like something I could do. I think I could have done it. But I'm really, in the end, kind of glad I didn't. Yeah, it's, it's just done, and it's okay it's not to do that. Worth the risk, right? The kids were kind of glad. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad. Not just you for were you. glad. I was like, <laughs> you want to do the radio without me for a little bit, right? Right. Yeah, I was kind of scared it, of the, you know, implications of Dan being in the hospital with a big, you know, his arm in traction or right. something like that. Right. I had well, visions. Yeah, with me, I'd get more than just my arm. I'd take it over the show, guys. Yeah, <laughs> right. You're in charge. So a garage door. That's a great example. Right. You've got another one. And this I one's do. really good. Right. It's uh, a, the classic example of when you should hire something done instead of doing it yourself. Um, I bought a house. Uh, this goes back about 20 years. That had been unoccupied for about two years. And I already I was living in another house. And so while I've got this one, I don't need to be living in this house. It's a great time to go through and renovate it all. Sand the hardwood floors and revarnish them. Paint the walls, do appliance upgrades, all that sure. kind of stuff while there's nobody living there. And as I'd be working at night, I'd hear these sounds coming from two different parts of the house. And so I'd put down the paintbrush or whatever and I'd go over, where, where is that sound coming from? Where you went towards sound? the sound? Yes, because I wanted to figure out what it was. What is this? Ghost. Uh, go the other way. It's a sound that you've never heard before. Oh. A horrible animal sound, all right, but all right. you can't tell what animal this sound is, you know, is making this sound. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I eventually honed in on it's coming from the fireplace. And actually I have two fireplaces in my house and it's coming from both of them and they have doors, <laughs> they have glass doors on them, you know, they're enclosed. Um, so I crack open one of the doors of the fireplace and there's a raccoon in there. <laughs> And so what happens is I don't just have a raccoon in my house. I have like a major family of raccoons living in my house. In each chimney? In each fireplace, yes. What did you do? (laughs) Was it good or was this a bad outcome? Well, so I immediately thought this is not something I can tackle myself. (laughs) Good. I I found out afterwards that maybe I could have, but... Uh, there's a couple of complications. One is my chimneys are very tall. They're probably about 35 feet tall and I'm not good with heights. Right. So the, the, the way, so I hired a professional. Oh, you uh, did? You didn't try this yourself? No, I went right to the professional. I didn't You're have a ladder big enough. You're outnumbered. You can't. Right, yeah. And you know, you hear about rabies and exactly. all and the, the the sounds that these animals were making that these raccoons were making was otherworldly. It was they were possessed or something, you know, or maybe they were having a family argument or, or it was it was horrible. Scary. So I hired a pest control company to come and, and deal with it. And the guy was super nonchalant. He's like, "Well, this is all you have to do. All you do is you soak up a rag with ammonia and you throw it down in from the top of the okay. chimney and throw it down into the fireplace and they'll all leave. Well, so I don't have a big ladder. So I'm not, you know, a big ladder costs $300. I'm not going to do that anyway. And the thought of being on t- 
a ladder 35 feet in the air <laughs> with a, an ammonia rag and have to quick drop it down there and then get down off the ladder before the raccoons start coming out. <laughs> I, I was just not in the mood for that at all. So it was the best. And it was expensive because there's two chimneys. Sure. And each one had two flues. And the other thing is I had caps put on. It's like, okay, well, how do I prevent this from happening again? Right. Because I always wonder about these relocation services. Right. That's like, not going to work out. are you taking this thing? Right. Do you need to spray paint the raccoon make sure this is... He came back. Right. That didn't I work. want a refund. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah. So, these these chimney caps, it's like, a, it's like a little roof, but it's also got a screen, so things can't yeah, get so in. They, so, they took care of it for you. It, it was expensive. It was over $1,000, but it was the best $1,000 I ever spent. <laughs> I, yeah. I had a raccoon that got into a little window well, like right by our, our deck, mm-hmm. and just started living there. Uh-huh. And the kids found it. And of course, so we tried to get it out. So I had a million of ideas. So I rolled some balls, basketballs into that. So I figured <laughs> eventually it'll take up the room and he'll just get out and then we'll cover it up and we'll be good. Well, all uh-huh. it did was land on his little head and made him really mad. <laughs> so he was making all these horrible sounds and I ran out of balls. So we didn't have any more to roll into the there. Strangest. So then I went into the house and I, it was, I opened up a bedroom window and I could see him. And I thought, okay, I'm going to just get a little broom and nudge him out. And I start nudging him. And the kids are going, you're getting him, Dad. You're getting him. He starts crawling up the broom. (laughs) (laughs) I threw the broom as far as I could, screamed like a girl, slammed the window, and should have called for help. But I didn't. I managed to limp my way through that. My neighbors enjoy that. (laughs) I'm sure it was a great spectator sport. It's part of the fun of living next door to me. But yes, that is freaky stuff. Right. When you're in over your head. Right. And that's really the bottom line of all of these things. It happens with plumbing. It happens with stuff like that where we get into a project and it is something maybe we could do. And it is something that we could pull off if we had the right amount of time maybe or whatever. But every now and then we end up over our head and then it's too late to back out in a lot of situations. (laughs) When he's on the end of my broom coming at me, there's no time to just pause things. Right. It's go time. Right. Now, another part of this is, you know, um, earlier we were talking about plumbing. And another good example is we hired a professional to replace our toilet because I wanted to make sure we were getting a good toilet and getting a recommendation from the plumber on what's a good toilet to get. Right. Because you can walk in and who knows? You know, what, yeah, I mean, what you don't you really consider all the options of toilets out there. No, it is funny. They'll rate them by like three different categories, and one of them is flush. <laughs> Is there really anything? Seems like other that's the only category. That's the comfort. <laughs> well, I don't know. But, but yeah, they would have this one's a flusher ten. This one's a flusher six. Really? Yeah. What? Is the tens all sold out and the yeah. sixes are all I on the shelf? Why would I ever opt for the six? <laughs> I don't understand. I want the toilet to do one main thing, right? right. And I'd like it to be good at it. But anyway. Getting the expert when you need the expert. That's right. important. And and another time that that plays out can be with painting. You know, we can do most of these projects ourselves, but sometimes we run out of time, and getting that expert is really going to help you out. Now, we're going to take a break right now, but we're going to be in the studio right after that with Ryan Mullen, the sales manager from Repcolite, talking about what it looks like right now to hire a contractor. Are they busy? Are they waiting for your work? We're going to talk to Ryan and get all those answers in just a minute. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, 
The Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Haley, we ended the last segment talking about some projects that maybe it's best to hire somebody for. Yeah, right? you don't have to break your hand. Right. <laughs> and we ended by talking about painting, how, how sometimes that's one of those projects. And we should clarify that no matter what you're tackling project-wise, we can help you get where you want to go. You know, painting cabinets for the first time, painting your entire interior of the home. None right. of that really is beyond... Yes, you can do it, but I don't think you have to do it. Well, the big <laughs> thing is to know yourself yeah. and to really qualify... Am I right for this project right now? You know, and it's okay if you've got all of the skills, but you lack the time, because there's a number of things to consider. You know, do you have the skills? Do you have the tools? Do you have the time? You know, those three main things are are really key. Time is a big commitment. And yeah, time Time is money. Time can really, really mess things up because we'll get, I don't know how many times I've talked to folks in the store who start a project, they're going to do a whole house repaint (laughs) because they've got you know, time. They, they envision the project going a certain way, and then a week later, they're starting to get really tense right. and worried because it's not moving as quickly as they thought, and they've yeah. got an end time that it's got to be done. Well, it's like however long you think it's going to take, just double it. Right. All of that plays out. So every now and then, in certain situations, it's really best to hire a contractor. And sometimes we just don't feel like it. Yeah, I don't feel like doing too. that work. You know, the older I get, the less I feel like it. <laughs> so... You want to hire somebody. Well, the thing is, sometimes hiring a contractor, no matter what industry, you can run into long waits that you don't expect. It takes some planning. Yeah, it takes some planning. So we've got Ryan Mullen, sales manager from Repcolite, in the studio with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Listening to us chat for two minutes now. And he sat there so obediently and quiet. (laughs) You notice that? (laughs) When do I get to talk? Yeah. Ryan, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. No, so the sales manager from RepcoLite, you've been doing that now for about a year, right? Yes, yep, almost a year to the day. Yeah, you started right right before the lockdowns last year, right? Yes, so it was an interesting start, um, working from home after that, after about three weeks, but it's been good. It's been a good year, it's been a challenging year, but I'm having fun. Yeah, good deal. And how long have you been in the industry? Uh, this will be my 19th year. Wow. So, yeah, you've worked what 19th. in a paint store? But you've also done outside sales? Yep, I've done outside sales for nine years. Uh, worked in a paint store before that. Um, so, yeah, relatively well-versed in the industry. Sure. So, anyway, we thought we'd bring you here and talk about the state of the industry right now when it comes to hiring a contractor. What does it look like out there? Is it wide open because everybody's waiting for work? Or is everybody just overloaded already? There are certain people that are very busy, and there are certain people that could probably use a little bit of work. Okay, who's busy? Uh, New home construction. The housing market is very good right now. So new home construction, uh, flipping, rehabbing houses, whole home remodels, stuff like that is very busy. Commercial Commercial construction is also a very busy one. Now, people that are painting the insides of homes, maybe painting a small project, uh, a small repaint on the inside. What do you consider small? Are we talking a bedroom, or are we talking a hole upstairs? Yeah, I would say a hole upstairs is even small, depending on the size of the house, too. Um, Something that a contractor can probably get done in like a week, you know, four days, something like that. Those crews are a little bit slow right now. And that happens every time this time of year, right? It's cold out. People aren't doing as much. Um, I do think with the whole COVID thing that people were home a lot. Right. And they saw they weren't traveling, so they have a little bit more money from that, maybe. Um, And they saw projects in their house that needed to be done. And And did them themselves. 
in some instances. In a lot of cases, yeah. But in a lot of cases too, like you said, that you know, they maybe just don't they're feel like it. Yeah, they don't feel like <laughs> it, or maybe they're working from home, right? So my wife has been working from home since March. And every day I come home, and she she's has repeat. a project. Yeah. Tonight, okay. so. <laughs> so she's got projects for you. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of nice. Those yeah. do include painting, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what you're doing, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You said it's slower right now, and it happens every year. When does it speed up again? The first sign of warm weather. When it gets sunny out, it starts to get nice out, the snow melts, Mm -hmm. then contractors are gearing up for exteriors. So if you're going to book an exterior, I would start to think about that right now, today. Yeah, like immediately. Yes. (laughs) Today. (laughs) All right. So mom needs to get her whole condo repainted. Okay. Now's the time, right? Now's the time, yes. She and I should think, find some names. Yeah, and by reaching out to us, we can give you names of contractors that may be looking for work or to, to fill a gap in their schedule, right? Right. Before it gets warm out. Right. So now's the time. If you've got a project that you're thinking about, don't wait till the, the weather turns because you're yes. going to miss your window. Yeah. Yeah. And the way to reach out and to get these names is, like Ryan mentioned, if you email radio at repcolite.com, we can work with you that way. If you call any of the Repcolite or Port City Paint stores, stop in at any of them, they'll give you some names. We've also got a form on the website. Right. Go to repcolite.com, click on the Find a Contractor tab. There's a little form you can fill out, and we get back to you in less than sometimes 24 hours, right? Yes. And we're, yeah, it's been, the standard has been 24 hours, and we're trying to speed that up. And you get like three names usually? Yep, two to three names. Um, we feel you should have a choice in the contractor. You know, you should you should question the contractors. You should get three bids for your project and, yeah, and really have an open line of communication with that contractor and be comfortable with them coming in your home and doing the work. Right, definitely, because this is someone that you're inviting in. So you've got to have really open communication when you start these projects, too. And I think sometimes that falls by the wayside. We think about the project and we're not thinking about, oh, I think <laughs> this about is the a price. new person I've got to communicate with. Yeah, I you focus on the price. price. Okay. Yeah, that's my Achilles heel. But that's not really ideally how we would choose no, these jobs. No, that's... Exactly <laughs> why I end up in trouble so often. Wow, he was the cheapest roofer. Hmm. Where is he again? Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> he hasn't been here for a week. No, the price isn't always the big thing. You know, that's certainly something to consider, of course. But yeah, when you get your quote from a contractor, ideally you'd look it over and ask some questions, establish communication, make sure that you work well together. That's basically the bottom line because they're going to be there for a while Definitely. in certain instances. If you've already got color preferences and paint preferences, I mean, that's something that you can talk about right away. You know, what paint are they usually using on a project? Are they open to your suggestion of what paint to use? I mean, hopefully they are. Yeah, because that does play out. We, we did a design event a few years, a couple years back, and we created a display for Scuff-X. We wanted to demonstrate how this new paint from Benjamin Moore resists scuffing unlike anything else. So we got a panel that we painted that was Scuff-X in mm-hmm. a, a light yellow color, and then we got some competitive products that were supposed to be exactly like scuff and in the same color and our goal was simply to create a display where we'd show that scuff outperformed them all which it did but the incidental finding was that all these other color matches which were their company matches to this benjamin moore color they were not acceptable matches in certain instances a couple of them leaned a little green and it was so apparent that if you had set your decorating based on this one color (laughs) 
you might really be in trouble right. because this little bit of green that these other matches brought in really would have thrown everything off. Definitely. So choosing the color is a big deal when it comes to anybody doing any work in their home. But man, to think that the paint that it gets put in could throw that color off, yeah. you don't want to go down that road. So talking that over with your contractor and getting the right product is a big deal. Yeah, and I would set expectations, right? A lot of contractors will give you a good, better, best scenario, and I don't think that's bad to ask for that. And the the cost difference is minimal on that kind of stuff in, in most cases. Um, an expectation for a timeline, you know, how long will they be on the job? That, yeah, right. that kind of stuff is important. Yeah. So have all of those conversations. As Haley mentioned, that form on the RepcoLite website, we just take a little bit of information from you, where you're located, what kind of work you need done, and then we reach out to Ryan, we reach out to, you reach out to the sales reps and the stores. Yes. And yep. we get some qualified names of contractors who are possibly looking for work right now and that kind of work. Definitely, definitely. And that really, really can speed the process up because when you go to the, you know, go to Google or something like that, or even get a big long list of painter names. Yeah, it's kind of overwhelming. Right. And you just start working your way through that list and you, you could find people that are way too busy to help you or even return your phone calls sometimes. We try to cut that part of the process out and get you people who are looking for the job. Not just because they're looking for work. Does that mean that they are substandard? <laughs> no, not by any means. I think in a lot of cases, especially this time of year, like I said, they're looking to fill a gap in schedule. Yeah. COVID had a little bit of a play in that. You know, jobs got pushed around, rescheduled. So yeah, we try to identify the people that are looking for work and those are the names that we usually try to provide. And I think COVID's another one of those conversations too when you're talking to a contractor or a painter making sure that whatever your needs are in that arena are going to be met too. I think that's just something you can be open with. They're going to hopefully try to adjust to anything that you would request. Yes. And I think most contractors are very respectful of that. I would voice your concerns. And once again, it's open communication, your expectations and their expectations. At the end of the day, the the person's house that's being painted, you know, the contractor, that's their customer. They want to make that customer happy. Um, they want to do a good job and they want to get repeat business. And word of mouth travels very far, too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. No. So if you do have concerns about COVID, those things can be addressed. Yes. Definitely. If you've got some work coming up, now's the time to at least start getting that process rolling because you don't want to miss your window. Now's the time the window's open. So And schedule your exteriors now. Yeah. Exteriors, because right. that's going to fill up really fast. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. So you can reach out to us. Any RepcoLite or Port City Paint Store, stop in, give us a call. You can head to RepcoLite.com and check out the Find a Contractor tab on the homepage. Fill out that form. We'll get you some names and you can start that process. Ryan, before we let you go, if we've got any professional painters out there listening, who maybe don't have a sales rep and they're thinking, wow, you guys are giving out names and stuff like that. I'd like to kind of be a part of some of that. You know, there's a process to get you there. And the, the first step is to get a, you know, make contact with a sales rep, right? Yes, How do they best definitely. do that? So they can go into a store and the store will usually give out that contact information. They're welcome to contact me and I can put them in touch with the right rep. Um, a rep is a free service that we offer, right? So they're out there in the field. They know what's going on in the market. They can look at projects. They can specify what products to use. Um, as a contractor, that almost is a not a guarantee, but it definitely you're using the right product on a project. Right. There's some added value there for sure. Definitely, definitely. And they can give you leads on jobs too and pricing even. All right. So if I'm a professional contractor looking for a rep, I start with you or I walk into any of the stores. 
Yes. I know where the stores are, or at least you can find them online. Ryan, what's your contact info? My email is ryanm at rebcolite.com, and then my cell phone number is 616-566-0080. All right. Ryan Mullen, sales manager from Repcolite, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. Well, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're talking about the world of wallpaper. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Haley, one of the things that I've been I've been struggling with a lot of things. In fact, <laughs> that's kind of how it rolls for me. I go from one struggle to the next. But one of the things right now is the kids need to redo their bedrooms. They're all eager. Like chomping at the bit to redo their bedroom. So a new color, repaint it, all of these things. And I'm good with that. Once I got over the the initial, all the work, okay, I accept it. Yeah. Let's get going. They can't pick a color for anything. They cannot figure out where (laughs) they want to go. They're completely stuck. And we've got to get painting because I've got summer or spring projects that are coming up. I'm not going to have time to be doing this. Now's the now's the time. They don't have any ideas. All right, there's my struggle. Put that on hold and move it aside for a second. Now, you and I were talking the other day, trying to come up with you know, topics for the radio, and you mentioned wallpaper. wallpaper. I just love the topic. It's coming back into style, whether people want to accept it or not. And there are just so many cool things and possibilities. Right. So we thought, let's go. It's a great topic. Let's go to the 17th Street store and flip through a bunch of the books just to get an idea. Right. And as we're doing that, within just minutes... I'm again, I was never a wallpaper person. (laughs) Betsy really pushed wallpaper. And finally, I got over that hump Mm -hmm. and I started to accept that, yeah, it's a cool element in design. I think so. I love it. Going through those books again, I was blown away at just the the variety Mm -hmm. of patterns out there. Yeah, there's something out there for literally everyone. Literally everyone. Everyone. Literally. So as I'm looking at that, that's what I'm thinking. I just solved another of my problems because of the radio show. My kids need to come and look through the wallpaper, and that is going to help yes. us get a direction. Definitely. I know that with all of these different things, they're going to find something. That doesn't mean I have to put wallpaper on the entire room or no, anything like that. Exactly. I'm thinking we'll, and that's what we're going to talk about in the rest of this segment, is some smaller ways to use wallpaper in your design. But in my instance, it's going to be that thing that jumpstarts their imaginations mm-hmm. and actually gets us moving. Right. Gives you a color palette to work with. So when you flip through the books, because then I sent you back to the store with that mission. Yes. You go flip through the books, <laughs> specifically looking at like kids type stuff. And just what are, what are some of the things that, that are out there, just so people realize? I mean, I think the easiest go-to for younger kids is the Disney slash Marvel wallpaper book. I mean, there's everything in there from Star Wars to Frozen. And not all of it is just big, gaudy <laughs> cartoon. Right. You know, there's nice, subtle patterns some that of the Marvel force. Right. Some of the Marvel stuff is, is even old school Oh, what, yeah, 60s like comic, comic books. book covers mm-hmm. and stuff. Right. Very, very cool borders yep. if you want to really simplify. All kinds of stuff like that. But 
then there's way more. There's yeah, geometric there's patterns. geometric patterns. There's floral patterns. Huge floral patterns. Exactly. Entire murals that really could just be these large watercolor kind of flowers. I mean, ugh. I wish that I had a young kid to put this in a room. It's so pretty. It really is. So with all of these patterns, and and we're just scraping the surface there, with all of these, why aren't people flocking to wallpaper? Well, I think there's a couple of reasons. First off, there's price. And then there's this perception among some of us that wallpaper is out, no longer in style. Yeah. Let's deal with that one first. You know, we remember the 80s. We never want to go back. Well, the wallpaper of today is not like the wallpaper back then. True. And I wasn't around in the 80s, so I don't have to go back. It's all (laughs) new for me. It's all new for you. (laughs) But it is on trend right now. It's coming back with a vengeance, isn't it? Definitely. With a vengeance. With a vengeance. (laughs) Yeah. Wallpaper's back and it's mad. to sound friendly? I don't know. (laughs) It's friendly. It's a friendly vengeance, right? But it's coming into everything. Definitely. When we talk to designers... They're all mentioning how wallpaper plays a part of almost every design they put together. Right. Every home they're working in, wallpaper plays yeah. a role. Yeah, and if people aren't using wallpaper, they're trying to recreate it with murals. Right. So So there's that obstacle out of the way. It's in style, it's on trend, and there's so much out there you can find and you can work with it. Price. There are inexpensive wallpapers. Yeah. So right off the bat, you can find stuff that's not going to break the bank. I think there are a lot that fall into that kind of expensive range. Right. At least the, at first glance, right. it's it's expensive. But the thing is, wallpaper is going to do something that no other design element that no. I can think of for your walls and is going to do. And a lot of this, do. you just can't recreate in a mural. I mean, I think that's the like idea. Like a hand-painted right, mural. Exactly. Well, a lot of us. get someone in and paint a mural, and that maybe is less expensive. But I think it ends up being more expensive, it's, actually. Right. And you can't get the level of detail or quality that you get from a wallpaper. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. And it's just so interesting because we were talking before we started recording this, just that, okay, so you find a floral pattern with a certain palette of colors in it, Mm -hmm. but then you find another one. One can be really fun. One can be more traditional. Yeah. And that alone, so you've introduced the colors, but now the, the, even the style of it starts to push the room in a certain direction. Mm-hmm. None of that's going to happen with just paint. Right. Unless you're working with a mural artist or something Yeah, like and that. you already have a clear direction. I think that's the point of the wallpaper, too. It can give you that, that direction. direction. So a couple of ways to use it in our spaces, you know, in a kid's room or any room, really. But we were focused on kid's rooms. Of course, one thing is to just do one wall. That's a great way to bring the price down. Definitely. Just pick one wall, put the paper on that, and go from there. Another thing would be those murals. Oh, Again, yeah. we're back oh to gosh. one wall. Just one wall. And it can be something that ages with you. Not all of this is like super little kid nursery type wallpaper. A lot of it is more sophisticated or simplified enough that it can age really well with people or even just textures. I mean, that adds a level of fun and creativity to the space that doesn't have to be. And we're talking about, let's clarify, visual textures, not like touch the wall. It it feels. It doesn't have to feel like a hotel hallway. (laughs) Right. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many different things. There are shapes and patterns you could cut out and put on the walls. You could even put the paper on the ceiling. On the ceiling. But that's a topic for another day. It's a big one. I mean, it's a Big project. But I mean, with glow-in-the-dark star wallpaper, how can you not put it on the ceiling? You'd certainly want to. And we're going to get to that in another episode on another day. But right now, that's all the time we've got. We're going to wrap it up. 
If you want to check this one out again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. And in our show notes this week, we'll put pictures of some of the patterns that you checked out, Haley. Yeah. So people can see what we were talking about. And also we'll put a link to all of the different Repcolite stores that have wallpaper books. Seven of them do. And you can find the one closest to you if you want to peruse the books. (laughs) I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Anyway, that's all we've got. Have a great weekend. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.